0: hello and welcome to the woo woo wonder hour where we discuss new age topics including alternative health spirituality and all things metaphysical i'm your host krista
1: and i'm your host roxy and we are the woo woo women so welcome to our sixth episode Today we are talking with Brennan Malloy, an East Coast spiritual leader. Brennan travels extensively to share her knowledge and channeled wisdom through spiritual coaching, intuitive mediumship, and workshops. She uses her skill as a claircognizant, intuitive, and evidentiary medium to provide clarity, focus, and guidance to those she serves. Brennan believes her purpose in this life is to encourage others on their journey and support the evolution of each soul she encounters.
0: Brennan believes that everyone is incarnate here on this life with a purpose. It is through understanding that we have, through the understanding of this purpose, that we can live our best life. With that in mind, she aims to inspire healing and growth with three critical aspects of a good life spiritual well being, physical well being, mental well being, from birth to death. Ooh, I like that one. Uh, Brennan Mm -hmm. has. Co-authored three books with her business partner, John Wood, Building Wings, The Process of Passing, and Being Happy. Welcome, Brennan. Oh, my goodness. Welcome, Brennan.
2: We are so (laughs) excited to talk to you. I'm so excited to be here. I think it's the first time I've heard my bio read out loud like that, and I'm like, well, that's long. (laughs) Well, it's awesome. (laughs) It's great. Thank you. all encompassing. (laughs) It is. I am not a person of few words.
0: <laughs> well, I think there's so much that you know this uh, uh, this podcast, I know that uh, we're so excited to talk to you and to share your story with everyone. And again, thank you for agreeing to be on the podcast. Uh, I was introduced to Brennan uh, in December, or actually it was January. In January, uh-huh. when uh, we had a workshop for a vision board, and she just had a beautiful presence and she did a great job in, you know, walking us through the process of creating a vision board on how we wanted to manifest our visions and our goals for 2022. So um, her and I talked after that and she agreed to do the podcast. And uh, again, thank you, Brennan, for, for doing that.
2: Yeah, thank you for inviting me. I'm really excited to, to
0: chat with you both today. Awesome. Well, usually, you know, we like to start off with asking folks, you know, to give us a little bit more insight into their journey and how it has brought you to where you are today and all those amazing things that you have within your bio.
2: So it's, um today is so poetic that that you picked March 4th or that we came to March 4th for the day because it's one of the um the pillars of my story um was a March 4th date so um but I'll back up because it started a long time before that so I um believe I was that we're all always um connected to creator and therefore through that sixth sense intuitive and from the the only stories my parents really ever told the same were things that had to do with little tiny me at two years old, um, having um, intuitive moments, if you will.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, my folks got divorced when I was young and through that healing, my father discovered the, the Lakota faith. So he was kind of spiritually adopted, if you will, by um, some Lakotas and he traveled on that journey for about six years before his passing. And during that time, it really solidified for me that everyone can have visions, that creator can speak to each of us, that it's not necessarily a special a special gift for the few. So unlike a lot of people, I did not experience being shut down from that communication and from that knowing and understanding. And that was probably the biggest blessing of my childhood because I, um, to make a, a really short story out of a really long one, I ended up in a very... Um, manipulative, abusive relationship and subsequent marriage. And I had my daughter out of that. And it was through my faith and later surrender that I survived and then healed from that experience. So I had no idea what November 11th was. But in 2013, I left my now ex-husband on November 11th. And a couple of years later, I said, oh, that makes sense. It was 11-11. The journey to our highest good began. So there were, there started to become these synchronicities where I really felt um, spirit with me. And I use the word spirit, creator, God, the universe kind of interchangeably. But that faith and that connection really developed. We could call it my period of expansion or awakening or what have you started in 2013 and the beginning of 2014, where. You know, I did the big leap of leaving the marriage, but I still had a job that wasn't really working for me anymore. I was working for it. And I had lots of signs that it was time to go. But like like we do, I pushed forward because I had a good job and it paid me a good salary. And um, Mm -hmm. I needed some time off, though, because of this this marital thing, this divorce. There was a restraining order involved. It was it was tough. And I had just met my now business partner John on March 7th, and at one point in April, he said to me, "You need to pray." And I said, "Man, I'm at work. I can't pray at work. I don't have those kind of (laughs) those conversations with God, especially not in my little fishbowl of an office." And he said, "Listen, I'm calling you back in like 15 minutes. And if you haven't said your prayers and asked for help, I'm gonna drive out there, and we're gonna have to have a talk about this, because." you need help and you need to know how to ask for it. Yep. So I folded my hands on my keyboard because <laughs> I did not want him showing up at my job to have this conversation. And um, I said something to the effect of, dear God, it's been a long time since I've done this, but I need some help. And I, I'm not going to curse on your show, but I had to apologize and say, I'm really sorry. I don't think I'm supposed to curse at God, but I need some <laughs> help and I don't care how it happens, but I need to get out of here. And you can insert a few things, I guess. But anyways, um, (laughs) I realized that that was my moment of surrender. That prayer of, I don't know how to do this, so please help me, show me, um, was my surrender. And um, three days later, I fell down the stairs at work. I know. Wow. And um, I I joke and call it, like, God knocking me on my butt to um, wake me up. So, Mm -hmm. I ended up out of work for about a year and a half, almost two years. I compressed two discs and later found out that I had a broken tailbone. So, if you know anything about the chakra system, like Hello Root and figuring out new stability and strength and survival and all that. But anyways, Mm -hmm. it gave me the space and the mental the mental time to go through my healing journey Mm -hmm. and I ended up moving to Virginia beach. I synchronistically ended up working at the Edgar Casey facility with doing some Saturday intuitive readings with some um, tarot cards that I had had since I was 16 and finding out that people were really resonating with what I was saying and the um, downloads and intuitive things and the synchronicities were just all falling into place. And, that really led led the journey. That's how I got here to where I am now was just that driving force of, well, what's next? And figuring out that my purpose and my path are this way. And knowing how to read those roadmaps and the sign and the energy of it, That that's what the journey became about.
0: Wow, that is a very beautiful and powerful journey. I love, yeah. like you said, how you... Um, you, know, you were introduced to that young in life and how you also acknowledge that a lot of us are not introduced to that. And you were at a young age, you were kind of opened up into that world. And even though you didn't walk through the door at that time, you still held that within you, right? And then... Yeah, and
2: the the door was never closed. So even even in the hardest moments of my relationship and stuff, I knew... I knew that there was something outside of me. I knew that there was, that there was God or creator and that I was part of something, even if it was a little muffled by, by life for a few years.
0: Gosh, I mean, that's such a big step for a lot of people, you know, so I'm so glad that you got that early in life. And the other thing that touched me with your story was, you know, um, Going to that place of surrender where you're kind of like at a point where you know you've gone so far in your ego, right? And you know that you can't go any further and you're not, you know, not sure what to do, you're kind of like stuck. And yeah, place of like complete surrender and actually asking for help and being willing to talk to God, source, universe. Um, I really love that aspect of your story. And I think a lot of us can relate to that when, you know, you feel stuck, you are in like the darkest night of your soul and you need help. And the only way the angels will help you is if you ask them.
2: Well, and that I think was really the key shifting point for me in 2014 wasn't, it wasn't just the surrender and asking for help. It was then listening listening. In 2000, even though I might have been able to have a conversation about God and fate or a little bit before that, it was, you know, they say prayers where you talk and meditations where you listen. And it Uh was 2014 where I said, oh, wait a minute, listen, like, like, wait for the answer. Like, stop interrupting God with your plans and and pick up on the signs and what they are. And sometimes the signs are, you know, for me, you know, clear cognizant means a clear knowing and I'll just know what the next step is or, or something that's, that's going on or the energy of it. And other times it's synchronicities and it's signs and it's bumping into the right person at the right time to encourage you on your journey. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you pray for help and you pray for um, an earth angel or you pray for God's intervention, you then have to show up. And it's funny. I was talking about this podcast this morning with John and it got me to thinking about how we met and, uh, honestly, I was picking my daughter up from his house. My sister-in-law brought her over there to play because she knew his family. And she'd known them for a few years. And we just never seemed to connect. And I was really irritated that night. Like, this is a bad time for me to go meet new people. And I was grumpy with God for really, like, bringing me down that driveway. Um but it turned out to be something really great because I, I got an extension of family. I mean, I really consider his family to be part of my family at this point. So when when you pray for help and then it shows up, whether it's the trip down the stairs at work or it's a new opportunity or somebody calls you and invites you to lunch um, or my dad would talk about how somebody had invited him in the middle of the night they called him and said, hey, I'm going to be in New Hampshire doing a sweat lodge. I think it'll really help you. And he wasn't really that awake. And he said, okay. And I can remember him talking about in the morning how he didn't know what he'd committed himself to. And he was frustrated because he was angry about his divorce. And why would I want to go be with a bunch of new people when I'm angry about divorce? But he wasn't going to go back on his word of showing up. So he went to the sweat lodge and it was the greatest spiritual catalyst in his life. Wow. Um, so you, ha- if you're going to ask, you have to be prepared to listen because you, the universe can only move you so far if you don't show up.
0: And I you think know you make
2: a
1: great steps. Yeah, you make a great point there. So first of all, knowing to ask for help and then staying open to it. Because you know, we yeah. may have those hesitations or a sweat lodge, I don't know, or whatever the situation may be, but just staying open and being willing to accept that help and you know, step through that door and push out of your comfort zone.
2: Yeah, because it can feel intense, but that's that's the key to to your point, Krista, when you said when you're feeling stuck, you you need to ask for the help and then accept it.
0: Yeah. And when the help arrives, like you said, you have to accept <laughs> it. And sometimes you just got to do the work, you know, you, got, yeah. if you do the work, you know, you're supposed to do.
2: <laughs> well, here's the biggest thing I think in coaching or maybe even in workshops or just talking with friends is if we're at that place of saying we're stuck and I'm done. When I hear people say I'm stuck, I'm done you know, those things of, I don't know how to move forward. What they're really saying is something needs to change. But as humans, what's our biggest collective challenge is we say, I don't like change. Well, (laughs) if you're in a miserable place like that, you need change. You have to engage the change and Mm -hmm. be a part of it. Otherwise, you take a trip down the stairs. And the interesting thing about the fall down the stairs is there there was the opportunity to just take painkillers and go back to work. But instead, I said, no, I want to know what's really going on with it. And I want to heal. I don't just want to mask the pain. So when we when we see that change in front of us, we need to engage the change or even embrace it to get through the stuckness. And I think that that is the biggest shift that we can make as human beings is saying, if I don't like where I am, I need to encourage and engage whatever changes it's going to take to get me to a better place. And that that's okay to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Go ahead, Roxy.
2: (laughs) Okay. I should say I really
1: resonated with the part of the story, um, you know, with the bad marriage and then the work environment, that wasn't the best place for you. And I think so many people can relate to that because in our culture, you know, we're programmed to, you know, meet in certain benchmarks and, comply with certain ideals or you have mm-hmm. to have this kind of career and then you just stay there and work there and it may not fill your soul but that's just what you do cuz it's what ex- what's expected of you. So I loved that you put out that earnest um, intention that you wanted to change and you knew something needed to help and the universe <laughs> the universe will answer and sometimes it's in a drastic way. But... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just really resonated with that. And I just want to say to our listeners, if you are in that place and if you are stuck, don't be afraid to ask for help just like Brennan did, you know, and you will get your answer.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, who knows? There, the answer could be stumbling across your podcast this morning or in two weeks and listening to a replay of it. hmm Yeah. Uh, only, I, uh, go go
0: ahead, ahead, Brennan.
2: Um. That's okay. I think I lost where I was going with it. What were you going to say?
0: <laughs> I think we're both just so excited to talk to you because of, you know yes. the conversation is resonating so much. Um, I wanted to to just touch upon something that you were talking about with uh, surrender as well, and um, one one word that has come up for me a lot in me surrendering to the universe and kind of accepting the answers that I'm I'm hearing from spirit is learning how to take responsibility over my own life, right? So I wanted to get your take on that as well as a a life coach and and someone that works with people in life.
2: Yeah, so I like that word responsibility. Um, I really do that acceptance that this is my life. So I firmly believe that at the end of this life, we are faced with a period of review of saying, did I do everything I came here to do? And I'm going to say without the judgment of good or bad, but did I do what I committed to coming to do in this life? And the person that reviews that, the soul that has control of that list is you. So my example would be today. Uh, clearly, we the three of us have gathered. So there, there was, in my opinion, a karmic plan for us to get together today. And in that, we've shown up and we're having this conversation and putting this information out there. So for the three of us, we've done what we committed to doing today in this moment on March 4th of providing this information and what I can hope would be inspiring to someone else. Now, if you have a listener who also committed to listening to your podcast on March 6th and they listen to it. But instead of really taking it in and resonating with it, they they shut it off halfway through and they say, that content is too intense for me right now. I don't want to hear it. We still did our job because we showed up today on the 4th. It's their responsibility to take that in. So my parallel is, is if we show up and we do our, we serve our contracts and our commitments with each other to the best we can from our viewpoint. That's our responsibility. Our responsibility is not to make sure the other person, quote unquote, gets it. And the same thing can mm-hmm. be said of those who provide lessons to us. It's their job to show up and provide the catalyst or the impetus or the situation, but it's our responsibility to then take the action and to to do something with it. Mm-hmm. So that's how I look at responsibility. And the other piece I'll say that I think is, I felt like you were kind of maybe getting to is that um, sometimes in life, we our life looks great from the outside. I had a job at 30 where I was making more than most other women I knew. And I had a marriage that looked great on the outside. And I had a wonderful little girl. And there are definitely people who would say, what are you doing leaving that? What's the matter with you? Why aren't you happy with that? And mine might be an extreme case because of the abuse situation. But there's absolutely people out there that we all know who are in a situation where we say, why wouldn't you be happy with that? You should be happy with that. And I want to... I want to take back the idea that you need to be settling and satisfied for something that doesn't stir your passion, that doesn't Mm -hmm. resonate with you any longer. Maybe it did, but it doesn't now. And that's okay. Because when we get that stirring inside us that says something could be a little different, I'm feeling a little uninspired, unenergized by whatever the situation is, it means it's time for you to follow your passion. And when I use the word passion, I don't just mean like the intimate setting, I mean excitement and the the resonant energy of situations. So, you know, Krista, you said you really resonated with the vision board workshop, the energy of that felt great to you. There are some people who don't really work well with images or in group settings, and they wouldn't have resonated with that. The information could have come to them in a different way. And that's okay. Not everybody has to go to a vision board workshop to plan their year. So all of that to say that we have to understand the energy that inspires us, that feels passionate and exciting. We need to move in those directions because that's where we're supposed to be, is a life that feels engaging and encouraging and supportive on a regular basis. Maybe not every day. I'll give that caveat. We are allowed to have bad days too and be bored. But your life is here to be lived. And if you don't feel like you're living your life, then it's time to engage something else.
0: Follow your I bliss.
2: Love that message.
1: Love it. I'm I want to give everybody right
2: permission that if your life looks great on the outside, but on the inside, you're like, there's something that's not stirring me here. You have permission to figure out what it is that is that missing piece. And I don't like to say more. I, I Oh my gosh, it hurts my heart when somebody says, oh, you, she thought she wanted better or whatever. And really what we're saying is it needs to be something different. I didn't need a better job. The job I had was great. And I had some really good coworkers too. And I love my clients, but I needed something different.
0: Yep. And something more in alignment with your soul contract likely. Too. Exactly. Exactly. What you came here to do. Beautiful. Yes.
1: Yeah. And I like you spoke like that. You spoke to the terminology, not saying better, but different. I think that's oh, really yeah. important thinking we, about the words we choose and the words we think about.
2: Absolutely.
1: So, yeah. um it sounds like you do workshops and life coaching. Um what are some of the other services that you offer and how do they benefit people on their spiritual journey?
2: So, I also do um what I call one-time appointments. So, if you're coaching with me and something is and, and we're talking I'm absolutely gonna be using my intuitive knowing to support you in the coaching as well as practical goal-setting activities and and things like that. But in a one-time appointment, you'd be basically booking 60 to 90 minutes with me and we'd be looking at specific situations in your life that you deem important to help you move forward with them. Because the truth is most people, if if you're seeking out an intuitive situation, it's because you know that there's something that needs to change or something that's pending a change and you're looking to mm-hmm. understand the energy that surrounds it for your best good. So that's um an intuitive session with me would be like really quick coaching for an hour to 90 minutes. And it might also include information and connection with people who've passed before you. I tend to go straight to creator for my information or your higher self. But if you have guides or angels or past loved ones that, you want to hear from, or have information for you, or they know that you're going to receive it better through me with them. Um, then that's where we're going to we're going to engage that. Also, um, I also do soul retrieval, which is very helpful for people who have had a lot of traumas in their life, and that they might have worked through those traumas uh, mentally and intellectually in a more therapeutic setting. Soul retrieval is going to address the little tiny pieces of your soul and your energy that you would have left with someone else or another situation. So soul retrieval is very powerful and I would say also very selective in the sense that we don't just barely come out of a bad situation and go do soul retrieval and expect to be all better. You also Mm -hmm. need to engage your healing, but it can be a good piece of the healing. Now, I do come from a place of understanding reincarnation, so I also do past life regressions, and they can be done for what I would say more fun and curious kind of experiences, and those are great for group settings. But for a personal session with past life regression, we tend to focus on where can we provide healing and empowerment, bringing it forward from a past life. So if you need to heal, like if you've served out your karma with somebody, but for some reason you still feel kind of tied to them in a heavy way in this lifetime, we can go back and trace where else you have had lives with them, what was that promise, that karma that you that you gifted them that's keeping you kind of energetically tied now where you need to release it and move forward? Mm, it's also great for phobias and fears that you can't quite explain.
1: Mm, I think plenty of us have those. Yeah, <laughs> and that's...
2: some of them you don't have to worry about, but if you're afla- afraid of flying and you need to fly, then you probably need to do something about it.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, that makes me think of that book, um, Many Lives, Many Masters, which when I got that book years ago, I could not put it down. And they had all of those. Um, he You can't it was, put it down. I, yeah, you can't put it down. Um, so listeners, if you want to learn about past life um, or past life regressions, please go get the book, Many Lives, Many Masters by, is it Brian West, John West, something like that. Um, but if you, anyway. Uh, do you know, Brennan?
2: No, I was say, if you just put in the title, though, it comes right up.
0: Yep. I'll look so, it up for right now. <laughs> so um, in that book, you know, they, they go through all these case studies with these folks that go into past life regressions, and they go through and do, you know, kind of like this review of all these lives. And I specifically remember about the fovea, um, one woman was deathly afraid of water, and, you know, you could never really pinpoint why she was afraid of water, and it turns out that she drowned in a past life with a flood, so I think there's some really powerful stuff in there um, with past life regression, for sure. Mm -hmm.
1: Right after I met Krista, that was one of the first books she told me to read, and Oh, it definitely um, opened my mind. I had heard of past life regression, but hadn't really studied it or haven't experienced it, but wow, what a great and thought-provoking book. So that's written by Brian Weiss,
0: W-E-I-S-S. I was close. <laughs> I always miss my stuff. Close. <laughs> <laughs> so um, one of the
2: things I wanna add to past life memories is that you, we are all capable of having spontaneous past life memories. And they're only really relevant when they're relevant. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, do you remember how you learned to read? I don't really remember learning to read. I don't, I mean, I know what, you know, what grades I was in and I could tell you those teachers' names, but I don't remember the lessons of sitting down and saying, you know, SH and what it sounds like and all that. But if you are somebody who really struggled in learning to read or something traumatic happened to you in that age, period you're gonna have very clear moments of memory about learning to read. And it's gonna be relevant to you potentially when you're in high school or when your children learn to read. You're gonna think back and remember those struggles because they impacted you significantly. So yeah. so if you parallel that with a past life, you're gonna remember the ones, or I would say be encouraged to remember the ones at least that have the most relevance to you in this lifetime.
0: That are going to come up
2: for you in this lifetime, or that potentially need to be healed and released from the previous one. And you've kind of planned on doing that this time around. So, I've, and I'm saying that because I've had people tell me I'm really not good at being hypnotized. I don't, I don't really like do that whole meditative, hypnotic kind of um, state very well. I've had people tell me I don't remember any of my past lives. Or my favorite thing is when somebody says to me, How come everybody thinks they're Joan of Arc? Because a lot of people think that they were Joan of Arc. And the idea is really, if you resonate with that energy, it doesn't matter who was really Joan of Arc and who she reincarnated into, right? The idea is that you are gaining passion and encouragement and inner power by believing that at one point, that's who you were. So there is no wrong answer in it. It's what helps you move forward in this lifetime for your perspective.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I agree on the point that, in my experiences with, you know, being revealed information from my past lives, I feel like, you know, there's always a reason within this life, like you said that those things are revealed to you. Either it's like you said a lesson, and then in some cases I've found that I've remembered things from other lives where it's like a good thing, it's like a strength mm-hmm. that I need to bring into and remember, right? Remember my strength, remember my talents. Um, I'm sure that you've seen that as well, right, Brennan? Oh,
2: absolutely. And it's um, it's just so encouraging when somebody says, oh, that's why I feel this way. And then they can kind of like assimilate it better into their personality and into their outlook. And it can be so motivating. Um, the number of women, and I'm sure most of your listeners will resonate with this, who talk about You know, I was probably a witch and burned at the stake or stoned or something or repressed in some way, you know, for that witchy kind of background. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean you need to go get a cauldron tomorrow and start (laughs) practicing in that kind of embodiment of it. But talk about inner power when you can resonate with that energy and you can understand like, oh, I have this inner drive and this ability to co-create in my reality. That's powerful. Oh, yeah. So I, I just, I love those ones that are kind of like culturally, we see a lot of them coming up and, and that's one that always really makes me smile when someone understands it. Mm -hmm. Um, so I know you're offering
1: a past life regression course at a local yoga studio, and I think I'm going to need to sign up because previously I was a little nervous about past life regression stuff, but I think it's just because I didn't understand it well. Um, but that's a great offering that you're providing. So I know you do um, a lot of different courses and you're going to be doing an intuitive development course coming up as well. So for people who are wanting to develop their intuition more, what advice can you offer them?
2: It, I think it's probably the similar to how to move forward. When you get the message, accept the message. It also comes down to practice. So, there are certain things we can do to practice with our intuition and one of those things is to ask for information we'll call that prayer and then be open to receiving the information when it comes so for a lot of people using a tool is helpful so in the intuitive workshop we discuss a lot of different tools whether they're tarot or oracle cards we kind of delve into a little bibliomancy i practice with different items that i bring to class so people can read the items they do little mini readings for each other, and then also understanding how you receive your message. So do you feel it? Do you hear it? Do you see images? Do you just have a general sense of knowing? And just, I'd like to relate it to any of the other five senses. So if I'm eating an orange, I know it's an orange because of the way the skin feels. I know it's an orange because my eyes say it's an orange. I know it by the taste and the smell. So. Which one of those is more heightened when you're eating an orange? That's going to be different for all three of us, based on Ooh. how clear our taste buds are, or do we have a little sinus thing going on? Um, are our eyes closed? Are you know? Are, do we have the ability to actually see? You know, somebody who's blind, they're going to have heightened other senses. So knowing which clairs are better for you is very helpful. I personally know that if I auditorily hear something, like in my ears that means I have not been listening to spirit. And it's like, hello, let me get your attention because I very rarely hear something in the auditory sense. So mm-hmm. understanding your clairs is another really big piece of that. And then trusting it. If your intuition says go to Food Lion instead of Paris Teeter, do it. And just accept that that's the message for today. And don't worry about what the outcome is. Just do that because it's those baby steps that really are the empowering piece and kind of teach you how to, hear, feel, know your intuition.
1: Ooh, I love that. And listening to that little voice, um, I've had that all throughout my life. And sometimes it's little silly things. There was one yes. specific time um, I was leaving for work and I just heard that little voice say, grab an extra ponytail holder. Why? I, my hair is up. I don't need it. That's stupid. I'm in a rush. I'm not turning around. And I heard it again. Oh, okay. So I turn around and grab it. And wouldn't you know, during the first hour of work, my ponytail holder broke and fell out. So even if it's just something silly and little, it's a great way to get that confirmation.
2: You know, I look at it like if I go to the grocery store, and I think I see you, Roxy, and I wave and you don't wave back, then I'm uh-huh. like, okay, maybe she didn't see me, but if it happens two or three times, I'm going to think she doesn't want to see me. And our Ooh. intuition is the same way. Like we have to kind of hone that, develop it, say hello, accept the message.
1: Oh, wow. That's a Powerful. really good point.
2: You, Especially have with of, you
1: have such a great way of making those comparisons and make these um, sometimes abstract concepts more tangible or understandable.
2: Well, it's, it's one of those things that I I guess I just take my lessons. I mean, Krista, you were saying that to me in one of our conversations leading up to this podcast, you know, tell your story kind of a thing. And it's funny this morning, I was talking to John about one of your um, questions that you had sent to me and he got a little sidetracked and didn't actually address the question of what's your biggest spiritual thing you can tell somebody. And he said, Brennan, just share your story just share your story tell people who you are because who you are and how you got there and your healing journey and how you overcame things and lived with things and how you communicate now that's how you inspire other people and he made me cry because Mm -hmm. I was expecting something kind of like smarty pants for an answer um but really I mean that's that's who he is to me he's somebody who encourages me and reminds me who I am and that's my goal with other people when I work with somebody whether it's a conversation like this or a friend out for coffee Or a paying client, I feel like my biggest purpose is to remind people who they are and that they're here for something amazing and then support you in doing it in whatever ways I can. So I think that's not quite answering what you said, but I hope it gets there a little bit. Like I communicate the way I do because we need to hear these messages Mm -hmm. in a way where we can meet each other where we're at. You don't need some high level guru telling you just go meditate if they don't tell you how and different ways on how to do it. Just meditate. I would never have meditated (laughs) if I hadn't heard it in a different way because I'm like, I I can't sit here quiet. I talk too much for that. (laughs) Oh, I'm not just sitting here hearing nothing. It's controlled thought. It's controlled listening. It's focused listening. Oh, I can do that. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's like being stuck in a hole, right? And one knows how to get you out of the hole unless, until you find somebody that's actually been in the hole and knows how to get out, right? So.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that helps, right? Uh-huh. And the other thing is we all get there differently. So if some of this information resonates with your listeners and they want to have a conversation with me, that's great. But if some of this information might resonate a little bit and they have somebody else they want to talk to, that's great too. Because we all connect differently. And this all comes back to where are we resonating? What's the energy feel like? And then moving in that direction. I mean, I think that's the, the biggest thing I could probably tell your listeners is assess where you're at and then know that you're here for purpose. And I don't say a purpose because I believe we all have many. There's purpose to this conversation, just like there's purpose to the two clients that I met with yesterday. So there's lots of purpose for us, but just knowing that we have that that's empowering. And then put your intention into living out that purpose, whatever that takes and whatever that means for you, following your bliss, your passion, the energy that engages you, do it consciously, do it with intention. And if you're going to do something without intention, say, hey, there's no intention behind this. And I'm just goofing off today. It's that responsibility piece. I love that. Uh There's a whole lot of comments that need to go into that. But That's where I'm
0: at. (laughs) (laughs) So what advice do you have for someone who is struggling in their life, whether that be spiritually, mentally, or physically, or maybe all of them?
2: Yeah. So the the self-assessment is probably the first piece. Um, We talked about my surrender moment or many moments. Um, And really, I think back, there was one night in particular that I felt particularly, uh, without a label. My daughter was with her father. I no longer had a job. So I felt on the stairs. Um so it was like, okay, I don't, I'm not a wife, I'm not a mom right now. I don't have my job title. And that was that was my moment. But it was assessing that. So if you read our work or, or use our process journal, Being Happy, it talks about all the ways to positively look at your life. And that's absolutely valuable, obviously, to have a positive outlook and engage that. But sometimes when we are in that stuck place, that place where we're saying things like, I'm done and I'm fed up, we have to assess what we don't like anymore. Like what is not resonating with me? Because if this and this and this are not resonating with me, now I know what I'm not doing anymore. And that narrows the options of moving forward. This is what I'm not doing. So then you can start saying, okay, how how do I change jobs? I need a different opportunity. You can start having a very focused conversation with yourself and with spirit to move forward out of those stuck situations. So I think that's the starting point, assessing where you're at and what needs to change, like which areas need to change, even if you don't know how to change them yet.
0: I love that. I, I do the same approach when I work with people. It's basically, you know, we've got to do an assessment. Well, what, what's it, mm-hmm. where's everything falling? Where are the gaps? And then once we find out the gaps, how can we Um, address the gaps. Or like you said, you don't always know the answer to it. So you have to be willing to, um, you know, ask for help in some areas, but in some areas, you've got to step up to that responsibility as well and say, I can take this next step to address this gap. I love it.
2: Well, I think that can be the hardest thing for us sometimes, especially if you've started your spiritual journey with the outlook of positivity and looking for the positives and things, that's a great place to be, but it cannot become spiritual bypassing of saying, I'm just going to be grateful for everything, even though internally I'm miserable. That's bypassing the opportunity to grow. And spiritual bypassing is something that absolutely happens when we just say, well, I'm right where spirit wanted me to be, and I'm not taking any responsibility for it. And I'm going to sit here and put a smile on, but feel miserable inside. You need to, we just need to get better at engaging our pain points to learn and heal from them so then we can engage, change, and move forward and be happy as a soul and a human. Beautiful. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, Brennan, it sounds like you have just such a beautiful story and wonderful gifts. And I love that you focus on helping people. And I know that a lot of our listeners are going to resonate with that. So, how can people reach out to you or how they how can they find out about you and the services that you offer?
2: Well, I'm on sporadically on lots of different social media, um, but they <laughs> could also visit theprocessofbeing.org. That's our website. Um, my email and phone number are on there. I don't have an assistant. So if you call me or email me, you're gonna get me. It might not be within five minutes, but you will absolutely get me. Um and I think that's probably the best way to reach me is email me or call me and we can have a conversation, we can have a consultation, you can book an appointment, any of those things. Or you can follow me on social media and see where it goes. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you, both you very much.
0: You are wonderful. Thank you.
2: All right, have a good day. Bye. Bye. Okay,
1: you guys, so don't forget to check us out. We have a blog, woo woo wonderhour.wordpress.com. You can check us out on Facebook at woo woo wonderhour kr or Instagram woo-woo wonder hour. Um, we will post Brennan's contact information on our socials. That way you can find her. Um, And we've also started a book club in conjunction with our local Facebook group, and we will be reading The Heart of a Shaman for this month and next. So we're going to do a podcast review on this book in May. If you would like to read along with us, please do.
0: And join us for our next episode when Roxy and I will talk about the power of authenticity. I hope you guys have a beautiful day and... Share your light. Share your light. Thank you, everyone.
2: Thank you. I wasn't sure if I was supposed to hang up.
1: We usually, like, stop so then she can stop recording. And then if we have time, hang out and talk a minute. Okay.